0: You're listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hello,
1: it's Nancy Calabrese. And yes, it's time for Conversational Selling, the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's going on in sales and marketing today. And it always starts with the human conversation. Joining us today is the fabulous Michelle Baker the owner of Superfan Solutions and Michelle Baker Enterprises. She works with conscious, non-traditional businesses, sales leaders, and individuals to inspire and ignite confidence and influence conversations that cultivate win-win client relationships and new business opportunities. With over 25 years of successful corporate experience in sales, she is on a mission to change the way sales is perceived. She believes by incorporating confidence as the core tenant, it becomes transformative for both buyers and sellers. She is also an international keynote speaker, a sales and confidence coach, and a success strategist. So I think everybody can agree that confidence is you know, a, a major requirement in sales and believing in yourself is so important in achieving goals. I have so many questions
0: for you, Michelle. <laughs> Welcome to the show. And let's Yay. get started. Absolutely. Glad, glad to be here, Nancy. I'm truly excited to have this time with you.
1: Um, And ditto here. So I've heard you say people first and profits. Follow, tell us
0: more about that well, um, great question, and uh, the reason I believe in people first profits follow is when you really look at the companies that have done an incredible job of staying and thriving, mm-hmm. when you look at the amazons or even the Nikes and the googles and like um we can go to Merck or Johnson and Johnson, the companies. Who as changes have come, because that's the one thing in business is change is inevitable. But the ones who've been able to adapt and grow with their client base and expand their client base, they've made it their business to hire and attract the people who actually build their business. Right. It's so interesting yeah. that uh, businesses become so focused on making money when they forget that the people who make the money are the, the money makers are the people. Right. So how do right. I create more money? I, I, I actually attract or and or cultivate a team of valuable people, because that's what attracts the opportunity are the people who work for you. Not right. the Right.
1: Yeah. And you know, when I think of you, I think of confidence, right? Michelle confidence, Michelle confidence. <laughs> speak. You speak about your gift in igniting that. Um, we don't all have that gift. So how do you do it and talk to us about that
0: too? Well, um, I, I love confidence uh, because what I've seen time and time again is, when we place our belief in something external to us, it will always fail us because nothing stays the same. The only thing that stays the same is us. And we still right. change, you know, we adapt over time and everywhere you go, there you are. So when you can believe in yourself, everywhere you go, you're looking through the lens of your eyes and the belief that no matter where what you face and no matter what comes your way, you're equipped and prepared. And that's confidence. Confidence is simply the habit of believing in yourself. And when you have, especially sales reps who are able to do that. So when the comp plan changes, when their territory changes, when the customer says no, when the deal you've been working on for a year falls through, when anything happens external, they are able and equipped to adapt without that confidence. When it's simply competence in a strategy, well, when the strategy falls apart, they fall apart.
1: Right. So, you know, I think all of us from time to time, some more than others, struggle with our inner voice. You know, mm-hmm. we beat ourselves up, uh, get stuck trying to understand why. Uh, and, and and I know you speak of this. At, at, at one-of-a-kind sales, we call it head trash. Right. We're all victim to it from time to time. Um, What are your recommendations to get rid of it and really keep that minimal?
0: Yes. So, um, well, one of the biggest things that causes people to have had trash is that they're focused on a goalpost. So they're looking at getting somewhere there, acquiring something external to them, not realizing that you have this beautiful, brilliant brain. We are all born with this 100 billion neurons, right? So we're all born genius. Our genius is only activated in the midst of discovery curiosity problem solving innovation that's when you actually start to realize how smart you are how much you know how much you remember that's when you actually start to believe in yourself now having said that on the reverse end what most people do is wait for the other shoe to drop look at what could go wrong remember what went wrong remember what someone said so most people are using those hundred billion neurons against themselves because you're unconscious mind is always working. That chatter, right? The critic is always working. So your job and your role is to have the critic work on your behalf. And that requires absolute non-negotiable morning routine. As soon as you wake up, it's a new day. And when you make it your standard to calibrate your GPS, your brain, to look in the direction of things working in your favor, and make that your habit and standard, you will wake right. up one day and and pleasantly go, oh my God, it is working in my favor. Oh my goodness. Oh my. That's, and the thing is, you don't know when that's going to happen. And that's the challenge with most of uh, society. They want to know exactly when, because they've been promised when so many times, not realizing that the promises never actually came through. They keep looking for somebody to tell them when, instead of just going, I don't know when, W-H-E-N, and I'm not going to stop until I win, W-I-N. Right.
1: You know, I know um, I'm a big believer in vision boards. Um, When I was first asked to, to pull them together, I thought it was stupid. And now we make it a routine here at the company. Everybody does it. I love it. I have it on my screen. You know, I have it posted all over the place Uh, and it really helps give me a dose of, yay, let's get going. I think you agree with that, too, don't you?
0: i I am a proponent of vision boards. every The work I do with any organization, individual, or team always requires creating a vision. What is the vision of what you want to create? And yes, I absolutely believe because that gives those hundred billion brain cells a target, and that's the why. So in the midst of what's happening, when you can calibrate your mind to the why, that's when your innovation and your genius comes comes into play.
1: Love it. So I'm going to stick with numbers. Um, While we're talking about it, uh, I I watched your podcast on infinite imagination versus fear of rejection or failure. And the number that jumped out to me was 10,000 tries. Tell us what you mean by that. Let my audience know.
0: Yes. So there's this adage that mastery comes about when you are expertise, true expertise comes about when you've done 10,000 hours or 10,000 tries. Now, um, it could be sooner or later than that. So the goal is just to stick with the 10,000 and know that repetition is the mother of skill and success. What generally happens is when people are struggling or when people are complaining about a situation that didn't go their way or not getting the results, the ROI that they are wanting, you generally ask them, well, how many times have you made an attempt? You'll be absolutely baffled at how many people haven't even made it to a dozen and they've already given up. So when you can set your sights on 10,000, right? If I have not done this 10,000 times, then I have no right to complain. If there's an infinite Possibility of outcomes, then just focus on the fact that, again, as long as I keep going, I will succeed. And what happens is that success is the opposite. If you flip a coin, remember there's heads or tails. Or if you right. flip the coin of success on the other side, it's failure, setbacks, you know, no. denials, delays. So, again, your willingness to keep going, to just keep getting up. Till you hit 10,000, if you mark it on your calendar or somewhere, you'll be amazed that before you know it, you're not thinking about the failures, which you're, what you're doing is learning from the setbacks and the mistakes and the failures, and you're getting smarter and stronger, more confident, more resilient, more resourceful. And that's what you focus on is just going towards the desired end instead of stopping and looking at what's happening now.
1: But you're making me think of okay, we have a Fitbit, now we need a sales bit, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be
0: awesome? The sales well, bit. Well yeah. Would be awesome. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, well ten thousand is a daunting number, right? So I think the message here is just don't quit. Just keep on yeah. keeping on, keep on keeping on. Um yeah. and, and you so, will and, eventually master
0: it. Yeah, and so just going back to what you just said, keeping on, keeping on. That goes back to the vision, right? Of something that is meaningful to you. When it's not meaningful to you, you won't keep on. Excuses will overtake you. Your reasons must outweigh your results, because when the Love reasons it. don't outweigh the results, you will give up every time. But when the reasons yeah. are, when the, when the pendulum swings or when the scale shifts, you will get up and you will remember your why. And you'll dust yourself off. And even if you take a day off, a week off, a month off, that reason, that why will not let you go. It's embedded in your heart. And you'll start to see it. Like You'll try to act like you don't even remember it, but you'll read a magazine and there's this phrase. You'll watch a commercial and there it is, right? It will find you.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to go back to another statement that you published uh, that, that you work. Uh, with conscious, non-traditional businesses. What does that
0: mean? Ah, I love, so my joy is uh, working with people who love what they, love their customers, they love what they do, and they hate the sales process. They hate the marketing process, you'll hear them. They hate like social media and to help them to marry the two, to merge the two so that there's no disconnect in how their day goes so that they're attracting more of their ideal clients. People forget that people buy for emotional reasons and justify with logic, right? Right. Behind every sale is a human being and humans are all emotional. So having said that, when you hate the whole sales process, your your communication is 55% physiology, your body language, your eye contact and 38% tonality. That's 93% of how you communicate is unconscious. If you hate selling, there's no way you can hide it. Right. Not unless you're a con artist, right? Snake oil <laughs> salesman. So there's no way you can hide it. So finding what you love and helping someone to transfer that in their communication and confidently connect with those ideal buyers and clients yep. so that they're, they're, they're um, creating those raving fans who do, you know, recommendations, repeat business. And referrals is what I love to do. And when I say non-traditional, it's the conscious entrepreneurs who have a heart, right? So when you talk about money, it makes them uncomfortable because they're about purpose. They're about humanity. They're about changing lives and transformation. So teaching them to make so many calls so you can get so many leads and follow up this, it, it, it does not equate to them they, it, it has to be in a, in the foundation of it has a meaning and it's something that matters to them. And like, I've worked with companies like Roto-Rooters. I've worked with, um, massage organizations. I've worked with, you know, nonprofit organizations, just any type of organization that really has a love for their, um, the people that they serve and they have a forward facing team could be a sales team or just individuals who are looking to increase their engagement and convert more and convert more conversations to clients. Yeah.
1: So do you have a story the audience would find interesting?
0: Um, Yeah. So I actually uh, recall uh, working with a, uh, lawn care company, um, here in, uh, um, Austin area. And it was all done virtually. So I never had to go out. And that's what I love. My programs are, um, eight weeks or 90 days, but it was a lawn care company. And we looked at, um, they wanted an upsell. So here are these people who are actually going out doing the physical work and, um, the owner knew that there was these opportunities because they had expanded their offerings, they had, you know, upgraded their services, and most of their client base did not know about it. We know, you and I, Nancy, understand, right? It's always easier to engage and upsell existing clients than to create a new one. So having said that, our whole uh, program was about changing their mindset really equipping them to understand what a sales was, what that transaction looked like and why it would benefit them, why it would benefit their client, why it would benefit their company to actually have these conversations and do it in a way that was more authentic to who they were. And it was um, absolutely incredible to see the success. Uh, to see the increase in sales that started to happen. So it's, like I said, it's an eight-week program. And so generally around that second or third week, once they, you know, once we get over the hump and the hurdle, uh, you start to see an increase in sales return on investment and sales results pretty quick there and you and it's blasting so what you'll see is camaraderie and the unintentional result when i do teams and small companies is your culture will change because that's one of the things that i really impart in the weekly calls is engaging people and understanding that everything you need exists where you are and how to utilize your team members and to strategize in a way that's empowering and encouraging and informative to everyone that's participating.
1: Yeah. Um, what is the fear of imposter syndrome?
0: So um, fear of imposter syndrome is something that pretty much any most successful people experience at some point, And that's when you are you are either in a job role that you've always wanted and you still think like you're not doing a good job. So perfectionism is one of the things that greatly creates fear of imposter syndrome. So there's a comparison. I'm not good enough. I could have done it better. Oh, I should have done it better. So I tell people that word should will create a lot of angst in your life. And it's one of the driving factors around imposter syndrome. And some people will get promoted really quick or sooner than they anticipated that was in their plan or expect, expected or get opportunities quicker than they thought. And they're like, Oh my God, if this person knows, right? So they say fake it till you make it. Well, that creates imposter syndrome. So instead of focusing on being an imposter, it's going into the state of I am right I this is who this is the identity of who I'm becoming so in order to become that person I must start to speak think and act as if I'm already there interesting
1: I never really thought of it that way imposter make it till you make it uh is a term that we've all heard out there so wow um You, you know, you've got so many talents and I want to be able to spotlight something that's really important for you right now. So what would that be?
0: So what's really been important for me is helping um, business leaders or business owners and sales leaders create happy human workplaces is what I'm calling them. (laughs) The HHW. And that's really taking their um, team. It's a leadership team. I'm actually doing a presentation with a CEO on the board um, uh, this coming week. And it's about how to engage them and create that space where they understand they have, they are well-equipped and able to adapt to any outcome. And it's around how do you champion confidence in your workplace? And that's what what I'm really passionate about. And that still, it still translates into that sales. and, And it translates into helping people to feel good about the work they're doing when they get to work. What you find is most of our society goes to a job they hate, scared to lose the job to buy stuff for people that they want to impress that they don't even like, <laughs> right? So when you really it's think really about really it, sad. So
1: how it, it, you're <laughs> right, but it's sad.
0: It's really sad, right? So how do we help someone actually uh, create a vision of what success looks like? Not just sales success, but success. And the offshoot is you'll have someone who is going to succeed in sales, but you also have someone who is, becomes a well-rounded person, is valuable to themselves. I mean, and Zappos has done an incredible job. If you ever want to read um, and look at them, they've done an incredible job. So think about it like this. How do you create? Why is it important to create a happy human workplace? Well, how do you attract talent? Your employees go and they live a life. Now, if your employees are sitting at happy hour, sitting around the barbecue or the picnic and everybody's complaining about their job, wouldn't you want your employee to be the one to go, oh my God, I love where I work. Guess what? What is the next next question? Oh my God, where do you work and are they hiring? That's how companies don't, you don't even have, that's the buzz. So you want your clients to recommend and refer you. You also want your employees to do the same thing.
1: Yep. And that goes back to my first question uh, uh, or statement, people first and profits
0: follow. People first and profits follow.
1: Yeah. So what is something that you completely believe in um, that's true and almost no one agrees with you on? That
0: question, when you uh, first wrote it, it, it's one of those interesting questions that uh, telling people they have to, I believe is absolutely counterproductive. And I know that no one believes that this is a rarity because when I listen to how most people speak, they say you have to, and we don't like my question. When someone tells me I have to, I go, why? Yeah. Why do I have to You'd be amazed at how many people can't even answer the question or they'll actually follow up with say, you have to, again, what I'm looking for is to inspire me. Right. When again, when we go back to what I said everybody has genius, we have a hundred billion neurons. How we activate that genius is we must ignite our own curiosity and creativity and thought. When you tell right. someone they have to, it's about you. You just, you've just given them a list and they look at one thing because you're just generally telling them they have to do one thing or you're listing a bunch of things. So that's all about you. When you ask someone a question, what do you want to do? Why does that matter to you? Why is it important? You have actually invoked their critical thinking. That's the gift that most of the world is not giving each other.
1: Wow. And you said again earlier, you should do or have to. Those are the two that.
0: Oh my God. Don't shit on me and I won't shit it. on you. <laughs> yes. Don't I shit on me I won't shit on you. I call that's them lazy pretty, words because yeah. if you. When you think about it, so how I've got worked around, I have to, it was very difficult at first because most of society speaks that way. I mean, it was like three decades of me speaking that way before I actually became cognizant that I no longer wanted to speak that way. So it really required me to stop and pause, to restate, to make a lot of mistakes to 10,000. And I knew my mission was to eliminate that language from my vocabulary. And I still flip up here and there, because like I said, three and a half decades, you're not magically going to stop 100%. And I knew that I wanted to speak because I couldn't figure out why I hated it when people told me I have to. So I started instead of like being judgmental of them. And I just started asking myself the questions like, why do I not like this? What what is the what what is it about this term that is bothering me so much?
1: Interesting. So we're we're coming to the end of our show, which has been fabulous, and I, I, I want the audience to at least have one takeaway um from you and um you know share a thought or a a document that you think would empower them, make their day better.
0: Yes. Uh I actually offer a download and I call it the Bank Vault Vision Board. The goal is okay. to open up into abundance. So when people think about you walk into a bank vault and you could just take everything in there, that would just be an abundant overflow, right? And a bank vault there just right. millions of like you'd be able to do whatever you want in life. And it's the same principle. When we create the grandest, greatest vision possible, you actually are. Ex- abundance to come to you so the saying is shoot for the moon you'll land in the stars and what people don't understand is when your dream is big you actually inspire someone else to dream big if you dream of a mansion you've actually now created and put into our universe world whatever you want to call it the idea that someone else all of a sudden goes huh i want to be a stonemason i don't know why i have a desire this is how we it, the, the the belief that we have more than enough and we can create whatever we want is what will empower us to have a happy human workplace because most people need to work and that's how we'll change the world.
1: Awesome. Most important, how can my audience find you, Michelle?
0: Well, you can just email me at Michelle. It's M-E-S-H-E-L-L, Baker, B-A-K-E-R. So it's my first name, Michelle at MichelleBaker.com or you can also follow me on social media and on social media. So all of my social media channels have my middle initial. So it's at Michelle R Baker and I'm on okay. any of uh, the channels at that um, handle.
1: Well, um, another awesome conversation with the fabulous expert thank you all for listening in thank you michelle for joining us and to everyone out there have a fantastic and confident sales day and start counting your ten thousand.
0: the conversational selling podcast is sponsored by one-of-a-kind sales if you're frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect we can help to work with Nancy and her team one-on-one to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom-line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution, at oneofakindsales.com book.